Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast, your weekly blend of motivation, encouragement, education, and insights into all things medicine for medical students and junior doctors in South Africa. My name is Simon Fraser, and I'm a junior doctor currently working at Charlotte McLeke Johannesburg Academic Hospital. This special episode of the Dr. Coffee Podcast is our first opportunity we've had to feature a charity or non-profit organization doing amazing work in our community and country. It's our pleasure to present this episode in collaboration with the Smile Foundation SA and Burn Shield. The month of May has been marked as Burns Awareness Month by the National Burns Association of South Africa, with a key focus on this week between the 6th and 12th of May 2023. I was privileged and honored to be invited to the Smile Foundation offices in Hyde Park, Johannesburg to discuss Burns Awareness Week as well as the Smile Foundation Smile Week occurring at the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital sponsored by Sensodyne and GlaxoSmithKline. This Smile Week has added significance as it is 29 years ago this week that Nelson Rolleklachle Mandela was inaugurated as the first democratically elected president of the Republic of South Africa. It was his vision that saw the creation of the Smile Foundation and now the inaugural Smile Week in the children's hospital bearing his name is taking place. My guests today are Kim Robertson-Smith, the CEO of Smile Foundation, Kara Garnitz, the head of marketing at Burnshield, and Brian Smith, the donor officer at Smile Foundation. They educated and inspired me with the incredible work of the Smile Foundation and the amazing products produced by Burnshield definitely an important part of the acute management of all kinds of burns on all skin types for all ages of patients. Not to be confused with Operation Smile, an international charity, the Smile Foundation SA is a proudly South African Section 18A non-profit organization founded and run by South Africans for South African children in need of life-changing craniofacial restoration and repair surgeries. As you'll hear in this episode, they're very supportive and encouraging of medical students and junior doctors coming on board to learn. Education is at the forefront of everything the Smile Foundation does, whether it's in-school education programs or training of surgeons on new techniques and approaches to difficult cases. Smile Foundation slates run in an incredible 17 hospitals across the country with the full support and backing of the South African government. In addition, Smile Weeks represent an intense effort of approximately 25 to 30 surgeries in a single week, supported entirely by charitable donations. As I learned in this interview, it costs around 15,000 Rand for one cleft lip and palate correction, meaning that large charitable donations of 100,000 Rand or more can help as many as 6 or 7 children in one go. However, you don't need to make a 6-figure donation to make a difference every little bit helps and I believe that in recognition of the incredible work the Smile Foundation is doing, we should all donate as generously as we can manage to support this worthy cause. A link to their donation page will be included in the show notes for this episode as well as other links to Smile Foundation initiatives and opportunities to volunteer. Please don't overlook this request and appeal for funding. Any amount, however small, when added to the collective contributions of the hundreds of listeners to this podcast episode, has the potential to make a massive difference in the lives of young patients in need of life-changing surgery. Burnshield are supporting the work of the Smile Foundation as part of their campaign for Burns Awareness Month. In honor of their support, let's support them as a brand and product range by following their social media accounts 
where you'll find loads of fire prevention and burn safety education, as well as purchasing their products for our homes and workplaces. You'll find links to these in the show notes as well. Honestly, folks, I was blown away by this interview with the Smile Foundation and Burnshield, and I look forward to collaborating with them more in future. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, and I'm sure you will as well. Without any further ado, here is our conversation all about National Burns Awareness Month and Smile Week. Welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast, Kim Robertson-Smith and Caro Garnett. It's good to have you here. Good morning, Simon. Thank you for being here with us. It's a wonderful pleasure to have you both. We're going to be discussing the Smile Foundation and Burn Shields Initiative around Pediatric Burns Awareness Month. Absolutely. So let's start off with you, Kim. Tell us about the Smile Foundation. Uh, and for the benefit of our audience, which is junior doctors and medical students, they may have never heard of the Smile Foundation. So you have to give us um, a little bit of grace and a lot of information and tell us what it is that you do. So we really want them to be able to hear about the Smile Foundation because we'd really like them involved as they get a little bit more mature in their studies. Um, Smile Foundation was started 23 years ago by then President Nelson Mandela, who uh, received a letter in the mail from a young mother who'd given birth to a child with Mobius syndrome. Mobius syndrome is a syndrome where the child doesn't have muscles in their face to actually smile. So the, the child couldn't smile at all, was absolutely deadpan. And Nelson Mandela then phoned our executive director, Mark Lubner, and said to him, Mark, please can you assist? I need help. And there was nobody in South Africa at that time that could actually do Mobius surgeries. Mm. The, the only guys were in America. So Mark Lubner decided instead of sending uh, this young lady, Tando, to America, they would bring the doctors here and actually do the surgery here so they could do skills transfer. So I ha just happened to be in theatre at the time when this happened because I was working at a, as a scrub sister at uh, Charlotte Makeke. And um, so young Tando was brought in and all the visiting surgeons, so there was great yeah. excitement at the time. And the surgery was done. And a whole lot of doctors and registrars and that came up from all over the country to learn the skill of, oh, no. of doing Mobius surgery. And Mark um, then decided to form, with President Nelson Mandela, the Smile Foundation. That's amazing. So in the last 23 years, we've done surgeries on over 5,000 children with craniofacial abnormalities and mainly cleft lip and palate, um, not having any ears, any eye disorders, and that kind of thing. And then in the last two years, we've got involved in the burns realm mm. because there's so many children in South Africa that are desperate for reconstructive surgery after burns. So we don't do the acute burns. We only do the burns that have healed. Okay. But at the same time in saying that, we're still very involved in skills transfer with, with the registrars and the young doctors. And that's something that I'm very, very passionate about because I believe education is the key to the future of this country. So as many people as we can educate, the happier I'll be. So every single um, Smile Week that we do, we invite um, young medical students um, that can possibly come and see what we do in theatre. And we also have registrars that travel around the country with us or come to the different Smile Weeks. So we have two different opt um, ways of doing Smile Weeks. Mm. The one is to do a full week where we, we get the doctors into the, the hospital, whatever hospital it is. We work in 17 different hospitals throughout the country. 
and we have the approval of the of the government because we are a South African non-profit organization that was started by South Africans for South Africans. Wow. So we basically only do surgeries on South African children. So um, the registrars are, are able to travel and get skills transfer from, from different plastic surgeons in whatever area we're doing. Because in certain areas, we do more specialized things. So the craniofacial things generally happen in, in Kauteng and also in Cape Town. So if there's a craniofacial case that somebody wants to learn from, then we, we send the, you know, the, the registrars there. Hmm. The, the more basic things like cleft lip and palate get done in the other 17 hospitals around the country. And places like Kim, Kimberley and Bloom, um, Port Elizabeth, they don't really do any of the craniocytinosis cases okay. um, because it's just too, too specialised. So they, they stick with the more basic things. But what we're able to do um, is transport patients. So yes. um, we had a little boy uh, from Bloom who had a craniostenosis, and we were able to send him to, um, to Cape Town for yes. his surgeries. So he had two different surgeries in Cape Town. And then he went back to Bloom, and he's now Amazing. living his life happy. Amazing. Kim, this is all very inspiring and encouraging. Um, what's really interesting is I, I always associated the Smile Foundation with cleft lip and palate. And the first education point is that it's so much bigger than that. Not only facial, but like you said, cranial uh, defects as well and ears and things like that. So at what points do you say this is where we're keeping our focus? Because the need is there that you could expand the boundaries indefinitely. So where do you say, okay, this is, this is our niche, this is where we want to stay the focus on? What is your guiding principle that says, this is going to help us to make a decision that we're going to apply ourselves to this particular pain point? So at the moment, our guiding decision is financial and the capacity of my staff. So Smile Foundation is basically only 12 people. Wow. And working in 17 different hospitals and with the demand that we have with the backlog of children, we don't just assist the hospitals with the surgeries. We also give them equipment if they need it. So yes. whatever equipment is needed within a budget. So every hospital has a budget per smile week. And in those five days, um, we try and do 25 to 30 children. Whatever money we receive is not our money. Yeah. We are spending it on behalf of somebody else. So if somebody like Cara and Burn Shield, they're going to give us a donation, mm. that money is their money. We are just spending it on the children on their behalf. So we are responsible for actually doing that and being accountable for that money. So wherever the, the people say, if somebody donates money from a man in the Northern Cape mm -hmm. and they want us to work in the Northern Cape, we can do that. So wherever the CSR spends, is they want the spend to be that's where we actually do the do the smile right so is every project or every smile week funded by a certain backer like are you going week to week so for example somebody you used the example of somebody in, in the northern cape or somebody in the northwest saying hey we want to have a smile week here we have this budget and let's put it together are you then going from one event one smile week to the next to bring this together or is there some kind of constant uh, uh, inflow yeah, income where people are, are making a monthly donation, monthly contribution. Is there any way that a private uh, person or a medical student can set up some kind of like a debit order or some kind of um, access for you to, to funds? Absolutely. 
So even from 10 rand makes a difference. And um, the nicest thing with being a nonprofit organization is we have something called an 18A that is uh, something that we can give back to anybody who does donate to us. So if somebody gives us a donation, um, if, they, if their tax burden is, say, 10,000 rand and they give us a donation of 1,000 rand, we can then give them an 18A certificate, mm. and that reduces their tax burden by 1,000 rand. And if you think 1,000 rand, okay, maybe it's a lot of money for a lot of people, but if you think it's 100 rand for 10 months, yeah. so 100 rand for 10 months as a donation is 1,000 rand, and it makes a huge difference to that's, us. That's exactly the point I was trying to make, is that there's many medical students and uh, young doctors who would think nothing of paying 35 rand for a cappuccino at the med school cafeteria or at a restaurant. And it's, you know, we could make a small sacrifice where we could say, hey, I'm going to forego my cappuccino one or two days a week and help to make a contribution in this way. Uh, and yes, the Section 18A is a way to you know, get that tax refund. That shouldn't be the primary driving focus. But um, I, I'm just really glad to see that there is a way that we as the small guys, the little guys, you know, not, not big corporates can actually make a difference as well. Um, you've spoken about training registrars. You've spoken about working with other surgeons. What are the opportunities for medical students and junior doctors, people who aren't necessarily particularly skilled in pediatric surgery, to come on board and, I mean, we can do drips, we can do post-op uh, post ward rounds, we can learn in theater, we don't need to be particularly specialized or well-trained to do that. What are some of the things that junior doctors can do in this process? If, if junior doctors contact us and they're interested in anything we do as Smile Foundation, they're more than welcome to reach out and reach out to myself or reach out via the website. We've got a really nice website and there's a whole lot of things on there that you can actually plan an event or a birthday where you'd like to make donations to to a birthday instead of um, having the, the strange gifts come to yourself. <laughs> so there's a whole lot that you can do on the website. And if you want to reach out to info at smilefoundationsa.org, you're more than welcome. And we will then contact you. We have a whole volunteers program because not only in theatre, you always get a chance to go into theatre to see a case, which is always nice. The only thing theatre is limited by, which I'm sure you know, is the number of people in there yeah. at the same time. But we have a lot of children who are scared and just waiting. And especially when we're getting to burns, these kids are waiting around for a really long time. Sure. So what we try and do is get them colouring books and activity books. And Burn Shield has been amazing and put together the most incredible activity book for us. And, and that's something that the kids can do, but they don't always want to sit there on their own. So even being with us as part of the Smile Week and the fun and the activities and just colouring in with the kids and keeping them occupied um, is always something that's really great. And often the parents can't be with these children and it's nice to have somebody around. And, you know, especially when the kids have been burned and they're a little bit older, um, the, the cleft lip we generally do at three months and the cleft palate's at about six to nine months. So those so. babies basically have no memory of, of being in hospital. And yeah, but it's the slightly older kiddies that, that are coming in maybe for the alveolar bone graft, which they come in at about age eight. And these kids, they know, they're aware, and they're really scared. So to have somebody with them who can just distract them, colour in with them, build a jigsaw puzzle, play a game, play cards, that makes a huge difference. And you might think it's a small thing, but just being there and being a volunteer for Smile 
that'll give you an opportunity. You get an awesome pair of smile scrubs, <laughs> and um, and you can come and uh, join us for a, for one of the cases in theatre. We cannot overstate the things that medical students would do for a free pair of scrubs. <laughs> Kim, that sounds wonderful, and it's really awe-inspiring, it's encouraging. I wish we could give you more time to speak just about all of the incredible things you've done, but I think this is a good way to segue, a good point to segue into Burns and this Burns Awareness Month and the partnership with Burns Shield you mentioned. Maybe you can run us through why, why Burns, why May, why this month for Burns Awareness? Well, this is when winter starts. So we want to make everybody aware of, of what burns are, how to prevent burns, how to make sure that if you do get burned, what the correct treatment is. A lot of people out there feel that they should put toothpaste or butter or something. That is totally incorrect. Yeah, we've heard that a lot. Yeah. So nothing must be put on a burn other than cool running water and burn shield. So please do not use anything strange on a burn because that starts any infective process and it's not what we want. So what we're doing at the moment, last year we went into some of the underprivileged schools and we educated over 600 children on what is a burn. From six years old, you can go and say to a child, you know, if there's fire and there's smoke, you can crawl under the smoke. Mm. So at Smile Foundation, we have psychologists and um, social workers who work with us. And one of our psychologists uh, is a young mom of two boys, twin boys. And the one little boy, uh, they, they were in a fire. And the one little boy got out totally unscathed. The other one was badly burned. The one who got out unscathed had um, smoke inhalation and he ended up passing away. The one who was burned has still been having reconstructive treatment. So she is very, very passionate about burns. And because we are with her and because I'm a burn sister or a, a advanced wound care sister, I'm very passionate about burns. So it's something that we started dabbling in because of the need in the country. And that's why we went into this burns arena, because there was such a need of kids who needed reconstruction. Something simple like hands. You know, the, the muscles in your hands, if they get burned, your fingers contract completely. So to do a flap from the arm into the hand and the kids can use their hands again, that is something we do a lot of. And it makes these kids functional. And to do facial, a bit of facial reconstruction on these kids that they can look like their peers. Because a big thing with any burns or, or facial anomalies is bullying and teasing at school. Yeah. And you know, these children, it's not, not like they did anything to deserve this or bring it upon themselves. They are literally victims of socioeconomic circumstances and social determinants outside of their control. They are totally innocent victims at a time of their life where they should be learning how to read and write, so they now lose function of their hands. And if all the medical students who are complaining about how much they need to write, just think if you weren't able to do that, would you be sitting where you are now? Would you be in medical school? You know, Would you have the opportunities you have if you, had these scars on your face or on your hands. So you really are saving lives, even though somebody might say it's plastic surgery, it's cosmetic, you're saving lives and livelihoods and the futures for these children. And while we're on the topic of medical education, you mentioned it now, the education in the schools. So tell us a little bit more about that. So the education in the schools, we went into the low socioeconomic schools and we taught even from six years old. 
that if there's smoke, we put a blanket out and we made the kids crawl under the blanket to get out and said, no, this is the smoke above you. And we made it very um, physically active. And kids remember things like that. Mm. And the thing is, the kids of today are going to become the adults of the future. So the younger we can catch them, simple things like teaching them that they just take an empty tin, they fill it with sand, they stick a candle in it. And especially now with this time of load shedding, people want light. Yeah. So put a candle in sand in a tin. If it falls over, the candle gets snuffed out by the sand. And that makes a big difference. Um, the, the other thing we're doing is the, the medical students are more than welcome to learn what it's like to go and teach the kids. So to come with us to one of the programs and, you know, to show them how to stop, drop and roll and to show them how to crawl out under, under smoke for a fire. And also um, to be there as part of it and to be there as part of the excitement because these kids need to learn from when they're really young. So I think that's that's really great for the students. Yeah, and like you said, May is the right time to do this. We're going into winter when so many people are reliant on illuminating paraffin or on some kind of fire, some kind of um, a flammable source, candles, fires, things like that. That is why we have so many fires, but also with load shedding. You know, people that don't have the ability to have a little magneto rechargeable LED light or an inverter and things. And that's, it's the right time of year to do it. So Cara, I'm going to come to you now because I believe you have some of the statistics around burns, specifically with our pediatric population. Correct. It's a very um, heart-soul topic and conversation because obviously internationally, um, the numbers are lower. South Africa, unfortunately, is higher. So annually, there's an admission of over 8,000 um, cases that actually go to hospital. That's not even including people that actually don't go and get burnt. 30% of that, those people actually do pass away. And that's not necessarily from the burn wound itself. It's from the after effects of that. Toxins that then go into the bloodstream, smoke inhalation. Um, so what we're seeing is 70% of burns actually occur at home, in the domestic home. Um, and of that, 80% are children wow. from the age of literally birth to five years old. Um, a whole lot of reasons because of that, obviously. They're very, they're exploring, they're using their hands, they're touching a lot, they're crawling, they're trying to pull themselves up. So there are a lot of um, elements within the home, within the domestic home, where it can affect a child. Mm. Um, a lot of this also comes down to lack of adult supervision and just lack of actual knowledge of what to do and how to just keep your home safe and just do the preventative measures and tools to actually help in that situation. 80% um, of those cases in the domestic home actually are, involve cooking and are in the kitchen. So we, as Burnshill, we try to drive a lot of education in terms of prevention. We have a motto that a burn takes a second to occur and a lifetime to heal if treated incorrectly. Um, and we would rather do prevention than cure and nip it in the butt. So that's why, especially around Burn Awareness Month and Burn Awareness Week, which is between the 6th and 12th of May, um, we drive this information. We try to just push preventative tools as much as possible to educate the guardians, the parents, and obviously kids who are able to understand and make it easy for them, for example, doing education drives of stop, drop, and roll, um, how to call out. We've got, um, like you mentioned, an activity book, which is mainly education. It's fun and education at the same time. Cora, I'm looking at this beautiful full-color activity book that you're describing, and uh, I see that there's Discum logos as well. So this seems like it's a great collaborative team effort. 
Um, what what can people find in this activity book? I see there's a colorful character there. Who's that? So, I mean, I'll let Kim take this, actually. It's, it's Smile Foundation's fantastic little character that they've got. Um, so our characters, uh, over the last month, we've uh, wanted to name our character. So he actually doesn't have a name right now. And uh, we'll be announcing the, the winner of the person who named him today. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So, so that's By the that's time this episode comes out, yes. he will have a name. He will have or a she. name. It's it, it, will have a name. <laughs> it will have a name. So we wanted to encompass what Smile Foundation is all about. And we decided to have a rainbow character because after um, Mandela came out of jail, mm. South Africa became the rainbow nation. Mm. So we have a rainbow character. And with a really nice smiley face and big happy eyes, uh, children when they draw pictures they always draw big eyes. Yeah. So we wanted somebody that was was fluffy and uh, special to the kids. Yeah, I can and confirm when my daughter draws characters, the eyes are huge and they're colorful and expressive. So this is wonderful. It's going to reach the the, the exact niche or exact target audience that you want. So we wanted a spokes character that could speak to the children, that could speak to events happening in the country and make children aware of what's going on around them. So because my big drive is education, this is part of what I want to do. Yeah. And educate children about being different, and especially our burns survivors and our children with craniofacial abnormalities. Yeah. They get bullied and mistreated at school. So to have a character who looks really different, and we're going to create him into a, a full-size character Wonderful. that somebody can climb into, and a medical student perhaps, <laughs> um, and come with us to, to schools and uh, show him off and, and get him to talk about what's happening in the world. Yeah, wonderful. Excellent. So that's amazing. Cora, I want to give Burnshield the platform because of your work with the Smile Foundation and because of sponsoring this incredible week. Tell us more about Burnshield. This is your opportunity to tell us about the product and, and why it's so important. So Burnshield is for the emergency burn care for burns and scalds. It is a sterile hydrogel um, and that provides the essential cooling that you need to treat a burn. Um, it's got a very high water content, which promotes the cooling benefits, um, which minimizes skin damage. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do. It cools and soothes, it uh, is pain relief, it's shock reduction, and it also is infection control. Yes. So our product, um, we've been around for over 30 years. We are very proudly South African. So it's distributed and manufactured in South Africa. Our factory's in Wadeville, and we produce internationally um, in over 45 countries. So this is clearly a far, far superior way to treat a burn than anything like toothpaste or butter because it's actually going to protect that burn, it's going to cool the burn, and as a sterile uh, application, it's going to make sure that it's protected from the environment where infection could take hold, things like that. So can it be used on something minor, like a, if it was a friction burn or a graze, if it's open skin like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Any type of burn. Uh, you've obviously got your thermal, your scalding, chemical radiation, sunburn. So all types of burns? All types of burns for all types of skin types. Um, it really, really, it's the, the main aspect is cooling the burn, treating the burn, not the patient. That mm. is our motto. That is what we um, try and do. And it's obviously... For all ages as well, it's safe to use on children. It's non-toxic, non-adherent. Um, it's got a very long shelf life as well, five years from date of manufacture. Oh, wow. So we really do try to um, 
extend the brand into different avenues where people, if you can't use addressing, if you've got difficult to reach areas, for example, any creases on the nose behind the ears where addressing won't ordinarily fit or stay. So you can use burn shield on the face as well? 100% you can use it on the face. We do have addressing for the face. It's a face mask. There are obviously slits where you could have for the eyes, the nose, and the mouth pathways. But primarily we come in dressings and we come in hydrogels mm. for different types of uses. Amazing. And what about things like if it was, you've got big blisters, so the skin itself is not actually broken yet, but there's a big blister that's in there. Do you just put the burn shield on top of the blister? 100%. You can put it on top because a blister in itself is sterile underneath and it's doing all the properties that your body needs to help fight that infection that's growing there. Burn shield literally just put on top and obviously seek medical attention and the medical professional will then decide whether or not to break the blister or keep it closed and manage it thereafter. Now this is obviously something that you're going to apply in the acute setting so you get burns you put burn shield on go to casualty how long after being burned should one be using burn shield for? So burn shield is primarily for the first 24 hours. It's that golden hour that they call. Um, obviously, the sooner you put burn shield on, the better it is. So with even with the first minute, 10 minutes, once you put burn shield on, you're really starting to treat the burn and minimize any damage thereafter. If there is, unfortunately, um, a deeper, more severe burn wound that you have to then go to casualty for and seek medical attention, keep it on you, take it with you while you're there, um, the doctor will advise you thereafter. You can use it after 24 to 36 hours, um, and but it is primarily for that golden hour of initially treating mm. the burn. You need to cool the burn. And and can it be reused? Uh, what I mean is like, let's say you apply it and then you take it off to show the doctor. Can you then just put that same burn shield back on? 100% you can. Um, that's the, the foam in the dressing that we use is specifically for that purpose. Um, hydrogel in itself, it's a white um, off-white colour and once applied it's actually clear so that you can still monitor the burn wound progression. Reusing the dressing is not a problem at all. Obviously unless the dressing is damaged or soiled then discard it um, but it definitely can still be used within the 24 period. So where can one buy burn shield? It sounds like something that every medical student and junior doctor should have readily on hand, every parent should have, basically every household should have burn shield available. Where can we get it? So it's available at all leading pharmacies. Um, obviously, if you go to your water skim down the road, your clicks down the road, even in Bulwers, we are we try to be absolutely everywhere. So we've got a lot of um, affiliations with different places. So it really should be available, even online with Take a Lot. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, Burn Shield, for what you're doing with the Smile Foundation during this Burns Awareness Month. Thank you for the incredible product that is making a difference in South Africa. We wish you all the success and thank you for this partnership. Thank you for appearing on the podcast as well. Is there anything else that you would like to communicate and say to medical students and junior doctors, so interns, community service, medical officers, what would you like to say on behalf of Burn Shield? I think understanding the difference between your average wound being, for example, a, a knife wound, a cut, and a burn. Obviously, with the cut, you can see it, you know exactly the depth of it, it's very easy to assess. Mm -hmm. A burn is not, because it's everything that happens underneath the skin, it's like the ice effect. You don't know what's going on underneath it. So very quickly, if you don't treat a burn very quickly, it can progress from a first-degree burn to a second-degree burn very, very quickly. So um, I'm basically, I'm trying to just reinforce um, burn wound progression. It's very important to deal with the burn straight away because what happens underneath the skin is a burn, it doesn't go deep down, it actually spreads out. 
So you'll see if you get a first degree burn and you don't treat it, it actually grows bigger in size. And that's why when we say when you apply burn shield, apply beyond the area of the burn so that it Very actually good. prevents it from progressing further. Very good. And nobody really goes through like a burns rotation or burns education. So even when a product like Burn Shield comes along and says, this is how to use our product, this is what our product is for, there's a learning opportunity for us as juniors. So thank you very much for that. Um, it's also, uh, I'm sure a lot of medical students, when um, cases come into the theatre, they see that shoe polish has been used, for example, or butter has been used. All those products are old wives' tales, and that obviously seals the heat inside, mm. and that's what we're trying to actually get out. Mm. That is exactly Very what Burnshill does. It, it actually absorbs the heat. Yes. So the one thing that, unfortunately, you see happen in theatre is you have to remove that, and sometimes it's very hard to get rid of it. They use scrubbing brushes to remove it. It's extremely painful for the patient and really not worth it. So that's why we definitely say cool running water or burn shield. Yes, love that. We're joined now by Brian Smith, who is the donor officer for Smile Foundation and has a little bit more insights into the surgery weeks. Who's going to tell us a little bit more about what we can see and expect in this Burns Awareness Month. So Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Simon. Um, so from the, the smile perspective regarding burns, burns are part and parcel of our smile weeks. Okay. So a smile week doesn't only do the facial reanimation, we also do burns. So um, every smile week has burns, a burn segment that we look after the patients there. Also our slates that happen one day a week at certain hospitals, Burns also a part of that. Mm. So with us moving forward, we try and get the burns and get rid of the keloids and the problem parts of burns that are going forward. The contractures. Yes, exactly, gone. exactly. So what our aim further down the line is, and that's what I would like to talk about now, is that moving forward and aiming um, later this year, early next year, is that we're busy with a training program for junior doctors. Oh, wow to actually get into the burns arena, to give them more information about the burns itself, how to educate any patient they come across. So if they're doing some clinical work as um, part of their, you know what you call the Zuma here? Yeah? Your, your comserve your, your or your yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you're doing comserve or you're doing just any other service in a informal settlement ex clinic, for example, yes. is to talk to people as you're working with them about burns. Yes, the preventative part of burns, but it's more that for ongoing the, patient correct, education, correct. spreading awareness. So it's not just one month, this is no. now extending it's right way through. Because the big aim, and unfortunately, it's we will never prevent burns from happening, but if we can stop some of the burns, we really want something. So we put together quite a big program. Mm. We will give them the full intro into burns what is the burns, what the depth is, you know the 20%, the 30%, full thickness, et cetera, et cetera. But what we're going to be doing is making it more from a medical point of view. Yes. So an educational point of view. So it's not for the layman. Yes. It's for the guys. To is do. this a, a paid course that people need to register for, that they, they subscribe to? What we're hoping to do is we're hoping to make it free. Do you need a sponsor to come on board to we, sponsor that? We would like that because, you know, we're going to be pushing uh, – Left trade and burn shields buttons to help us <laughs> with that one. But also if we can get somebody, one of the big finance houses to come behind it. Yes. Um, somebody brings their CSI spend and correct, says, this is correct, what we're applying correct. it to. I love that. And if anyone's listening to this and knows 
somebody that uh, should contact the Smile Foundation, or if this is jogging some please. some altruistic uh, cogs. Yeah, please do. You know, anything anything helps. You know, if we can do as much as possible to prevent the burn and to actually help the burn patient move forward. Wonderful. You know, we call them burn survivors. Actually, um, would we would we be able to get like CPD? course points or something associated with this, will this eventually lead towards maybe, I don't know, even a diploma in burn management? I will speak so straight, you know. Yeah, we're still very, we're still in our infancy with putting the whole thing together. Yeah. So that's why we're only looking at later this year, moving on to next year, we will yeah. have all the I's dotted, T's crossed, yes, everything, everything in place. place. And then we will put it out to our surgical societies. We will use them as our guinea pigs, for example, yeah. to actually move forward with them. I'm very involved with a lot of the medical school surgical student societies, and this is part of their outreach program that we've been talking about and moving on. Um, we started late last year with giving burn shield samples to the surgical society guys to go out there. When they're out there, they can give them out and say, this is what you use. Mm. If you do have a burn, apply this straight away. Yes. So this is where the whole thing started, and now we're moving forward, and um, yeah, we're just gonna try and prevent yeah. the burn. And I've seen it in action. I've seen you with the Surgical Society students going and doing Easter drives in the hospitals and stuff. So the Smile Foundation really is on the ground um, working with the students. And I love that. It's that long-term goal, that long-term view of saying, while you're a second-year student, it's a perfect time to learn about burns. You don't need to be a pediatric surgery registrar to learn about how to manage a burn. Correct. You know, anybody we can use in any area of medicine, treat or prevent a burn, that's what we want to try and achieve. Uh, we're coming towards the end of this podcast now. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you, Kim, Brian, and Cora on the podcast. I think we've learned enough that it's definitely piqued our interest. We need to dive into this a little bit more for ourselves. Um, we could maybe have some future episodes as well. But Kim, what would be your lasting uh, statements to our junior doctors and medical students? What do you want us to leave as the lasting impression from this episode? Keep watching this space. Go and follow us on social media because it's my big dream to grow and grow more in education. So if you want to be linked to the Smile Foundation and education in your future, then we're definitely a good place to, to watch and to grow from. Awesome. We'll put links to all of the social media channels and platforms and connections in the show notes to this episode as well as to Burnshield. Um, so thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you for everything that you've done up to this point. I think this is just the beginning for the Spile Foundation and for Burnshield. Thank you for Burns Awareness Month. Thank you for speaking to our audience. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. And if I can just say one more thing that, that will maybe make a lot of sense to a lot of people is for us at Smile Foundation to help a child holistically costs us 15,000 Rand. So for every 15,000 Rand we get donated, we can help a child smile. Amazing. Amazing. And you've already helped thousands. Over 5,000 children. Incredible. Love that. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope you were educated, motivated, and inspired by our conversation. Once again, I'd like to remind you that the show notes to this episode include a wealth of links and resources mentioned in the conversation, such as the Smile Foundation donation page, ways to volunteer, as well as the Smile Foundation and Burnshield social media pages. 
While you're in the show notes of this episode, please rate the podcast. You can do so up to a rating of five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And even more importantly, please share this episode to spread the word and information about Burns Awareness Month, Burnshield and the Smile Foundation. As always, if you have feedback on this episode, please get in touch and send us an email to drcoffeeza at gmail.com. That's drcoffeeza with no punctuation marks. Thank you for your support.